0: hey what's up everybody and welcome back to that triathlon show the podcast presented by scientifictriathlon.com i'm your host michael and this episode is q a number 30 as always any questions that you want me to answer send them to michael at scientifictriathlon.com and that's michael with a k or send them on facebook through the facebook messenger widget on scientifictriathlon.com Big thanks to ROKA for sponsoring this episode. ROKA are the world leaders in wetsuits, trisuits and other triathlon and swim apparel as well as high performance eyewear. If you haven't yet checked out the eyewear range then I highly recommend that you do so. Uh, The sports sunglasses are really great. They are super light and comfortable and they are impossible to shake off your face which is really really cool to just try to make them fall off and and you realize that you can't do it i i like playing around with that uh, i don't know if it's a saying in english actually but in in my native language swedish uh, we we have a saying that's something along the lines of uh, simple people have uh, simple pleasures and, and that's one of my simple pleasures uh, i i guess to try to make the roca sunglasses fall off my face and, and failing time and time again Uh, but the Roka now also have uh, prescription glasses and uh, they have various customization options for their uh, various eyewear ranges and also home try-on options so definitely go and check out all the options that they have on Roka.com and use the promo code TTS all caps to get 20% off your entire order and big thanks to Precision Hydration that you can find on precisionhydration.com they make electrolyte products that uh, help you get hydrated and stay hydrated and uh, the best way to get started with that is by taking the free online sweat test that will take you through a short quiz of around about 10 questions that you will answer quantitatively no measurements or anything like that needed just things along the lines of do you have uh, salt stains on your on your helmet uh, helmet straps and and things things like that. That will give you a ballpark estimate for how much sodium you lose in your sweat when you're exercising. And based on that, precision hydration can make you an individual hydration strategy. And of course, if you want to take it a step further, then go ahead and try their products to help you get that right amount of sodium in your hydration. And if you do that, use the promo code that's show all one word, all caps, to get your first box for free. All right, so today's first question, and actually today's only question, because it's a long one, which with many parts, is from Roger in Minnesota. And he writes, Hi, Michael. I'm an average middle of the pack age group triathlete, and I have been doing Olympic and 7.3 distance triathlons for 10 plus years. This year I am moving to my first full distance Ironman, and I have a few questions or topics for your podcast. The first is weekly or daily data analysis for self-coached athletes. I use training peaks to organize all my workouts, part of a, an 80-20 purchased plan, and to capture my data my workouts I realized that I have a pretty superficial use of the data that I am collecting and I'm not sure how to adjust my generic plan beyond the automatic retargeting with each power beyond the automatic retargeting with each power or pace zone update I'm typically putting in the correct power zones especially on the trainer erg mode in Swift where it adjusts resistance to the right power so looking at power zones should be uh, boring I'm not quite getting what you're saying here but uh, yeah uh, i guess it shouldn't be possible to make any mistakes or something like that is what uh, what you mean either way uh, roger writes swim bike and run ftp uh, power pace testing are my only real metrics to monitor all right so i'll stop here and ma- add in a few comments so what you should do here is uh, you should make sure that your rpe your rating of perceived exertion and your heart rate Uh, that you monitor them alongside power and pace and that you adjust workouts based on how hard that input in terms of, if you can consider RPE and heart rate, that is the input of how hard you're working and the power or pace, that's the the output, what you're actually producing. So make sure that you, you have a handle on what your input typically is. And for easy endurance workouts, I think you can go through a long training cycle and you do not need to change your output your power or pace at all let's say you're running at uh, eight minute miles for your easy run pace you do not need to get faster you should i, I think that you should actually not try to get faster over, let's say a, a 12 week cycle just keep running at around that same pace of course you're not running necessarily two pace but but that sort of effort you're not Working to push your easy pace or easy power on the bike at all you just let it be what it is and uh, and watch your heart rate come down that is so amazing when you see that happen when you over weeks and weeks and weeks you see that okay my pace is the same my power is the same uh, but my heart rate now is actually 20 watts lower than what it used to be and and i've seen this personally now the last four weeks or so since i got back from i was sick for uh for 12 days or so and then my heart rate was unusually high coming back for a few days and and i see that my heart rate has been coming down to all-time low levels but not in in a bad overtraining type of way but but really i'm just feeling that my training is working so well right now and it's it's exciting to see that on my very easy boring rides and, and runs that how how low i can get my heart rate on those runs so so that's uh, that's definitely something that i would encourage you to do uh, in terms of uh, following the plan and, and adjusting your generic plan that you that was the initial question here that i'm answering however for your harder workouts your intro workouts where changes may happen in fitness may happen over the course of even a couple of weeks then you shouldn't do your vo2 max intervals for example let's say 300 watts from week one through week 10 or whatever just because 300 watts is what your ftp test says that you should do and you don't have another one until week 10 what you should do is you should learn in the first few weeks after testing what that right effort feels like because at the beginning hopefully the the power level will be appropriate so you can you can follow the power there and you learn what it feels like how hard it is And see what heart rate levels you reach in those intervals. And then going forward, just make sure that you keep hitting those RPEs. And I would focus especially on RPE in these interval workouts rather than heart rate. Make sure that it feels as hard every time. You you always go pretty deep in those workouts. And and also see that, check that your heart rate is sort of in the ballpark. It's going to vary, and especially depending on the interval duration but, but check that it's in the ballpark, because if it's suddenly 10 beats per minute lower than what it used to be, then maybe you're not hitting the right zone. So, so I think that you, you should expect that your power or pace should go up in interval workouts. And that's why it's very important to be in tune with your, your normal RPEs and heart rates from right after testing now do keep in mind that some days are just not your best day so if your pace or power is lower one week than it was the last but the effort and heart rate is is right then be okay with it move on there's nothing wrong with that at all as long as you're in the ballpark of the type of of output pace power that you should be hitting now if you're 50 watts lower than normal then something is obviously wrong and uh, you should abort that session you're too fatigued or or something else is going on so it makes no sense to push through uh, but but if you're 15 15 watts lower Depend that that can be quite a lot depending really on what the workout is, but but in many cases 15 watts is actually okay. You you can still get a good workouts when you're 15 watts slower than you were last week, especially if last week was maybe an exceptionally good workout. So you need to keep that in mind as well. That last week is not necessarily your average type of performance. And uh, also don't I would say don't get married to exporting the sessions from Training Peaks to your to the erg mode on your trainer. I think it's often better to do the workouts without erg mode, especially unless you're an advanced athlete, because, uh, you can tend to lock yourself into an intensity either too high or too low and, and lose this intuitive sense of how hard you should be going on any given day. Sure, you have that intensity range that you should sort of follow, but, uh, but there is some, some wiggle room within it and to go harder when you feel really good and 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 not necessarily kill yourself just as much when you, when you feel a bit worse, but still get a good workout out of it. So so I would say, try not to use erg mode all the time as well. That would be a, a tip. Okay, Roger's next question. Training Peaks has the scoreboard metrics of fitness, fatigue, and form. Uh, and these are also called uh, CTL, chronic training load. ATL acute training load and TSB training stress balance but I don't know what to do with those other than to feel good about the CTL or fitness number getting higher okay uh, so comment to that I know that in one of my earlier podcast episodes I talked a bit about how to use it and that is probably one of few podcast episodes that I would consider retracting <laughs> if I could. I, I guess I could. Technically, I know I could. But uh, I do want to keep the entire archive of podcasts up there because in in the name of transparency and, and for people to be able to see how the podcast has developed. Uh, but either way, uh, I think that the information isn't wrong by any means in that episode but what i didn't quite realize when i did that episode is uh, that these metrics are so often used so out of context and they are overemphasized so incredibly Uh, so uh, and some people even completely mix up improving performance with improving these somewhat arbitrary metrics so so if they see the the fitness number going down they think that their performance is going down but that's not necessarily the case and uh, so so I would not really yeah that, that's a bit of a i guess uh, background to to my answer so so what i would say is that you do not need to worry about it getting higher you have a plan that you're committed to so follow that plan and make adjustments if needed but the but the fitness number the ctl number that's not a reason to make adjustments to your plan because there's so much more important stuff going on than, than that ctl number and you can you can make an algorithm to to plan the ideal plan for optimizing your fitness number that 's not a that 's not a problem but that 's not going to be the best training plan so uh, so don 't worry about that and I think for self coach athletes and highly analytical self coach athletes and numbers driven athletes uh, the ctl it it's sort of generates some of the most common training mistakes of of all so so i don 't really i 'm starting to to be kind of almost anti ctl but but it's it, fo- it forces people to or it makes people base training on improving ctl rather than on improving performance and adaptations to training so so this uh, yeah i'm getting a bit sidetracked but but this is actually a good sidetrack i i think that you should ask yourself two questions Uh, when you are following a training plan and when you are developing a training plan. And that goes both as a coach and and as an athlete. So those two questions are, let's say now in this case, you are following a training plan. Am I getting faster? And the second is, am I adapting well to the training? If you follow the guidelines I gave you just a minute ago with uh, uh, adjusting the intensities as needed. So on the intense workouts, you should expect your power to go up and not just... Follow the same power numbers for 10 weeks or whatever. But on the easy workouts, don't worry about going faster. Just keep them easy. If you do follow these two main principles that I think are important for anybody using a generic training plan, then uh, then you should see that you are getting faster. And and you could see that by seeing that in those hard intervals, you notice that, hey, I've increased my, my interval power by 10 watts over the last three or four weeks. And that means that you are getting faster. (laughs) Your CTL may have been getting lower during this period for all that you and I know, but it does not matter if you are getting faster doing it. Next question from Roger is, I see some articles, references to WKO4 in Training Peaks forums and on your website, but it seems like the learning curve may be a level beyond what is realistic for self-coached athletes yes definitely beyond what is realistic and also beyond what is useful and actionable for self-coach athletes a good tool for coaches but uh, no i would strongly encourage you to to not go for wko4 as as an athlete next question is there a good checklist of data analysis items that the self-coach athlete should look at each week or month when assessing their training data beyond the regular but not weekly swim, bike, run, power, pace, heart rate numbers from FTP test. Uh, yes, uh, so, so I did an episode called beginner tip 29 metrics you should be tracking and I'll link to that in the episode description and uh, I would look at this on a block basis so perhaps a monthly basis would be quite normal. Let's say that you train in three or four week blocks then at the end of each block, you can sit down and look at at what you did during that block and uh, in the past block, and use that to, uh, I guess, plan for the next block going forward. Even though you already have your plan, but it's it's a good, uh, good sort of time time frame. So I guess since you already have your training plan, maybe monthly is is good. And those key metrics, uh, I'll gi- I give more details in that episode. So definitely go and listen to it. But uh, some of them are related to the process. And the most important one of all is compliance. How compliant are you to the workouts? How many of them are you doing? And I think that you should be doing at least 85% to be able to say that you're actually following a plan. Otherwise, you're not really following the plan. But shoot for 95 to even 100%, of course. Uh, the second one is volume. How much training volume are you putting in? That's always very important. And that's, of course, uh, basically determined by your plan so so you determine it when you choose the plan that you buy essentially Uh, then the next one that can be useful is training intensity distribution if you have uh, good numbers for that you could look at how much time you spend in each intensity zone so whether you look at power or heart rate Uh, but it can get a bit tricky so i wouldn't worry too much about that to be honest uh, as an athlete but Well, it doesn't hurt to have a quick glance and see if you are roughly where you should be in relation to what the plan actually says that you should be doing. Uh, So in addition to the process types of metrics, we have the performance ones, and these are race results and tests. So yeah, you mentioned these, the FTP tests, and uh, key workout performance. So this is the example I gave above. You do a similar type of intervals each week for several weeks what is your typical power in those intervals it doesn't need to be you don't need to look at it exactly you can just when you're in the workout you notice that hey i'm holding roughly 305 watts compared to 300 watts last week wow this is progress so so those are the things that that i would look at and today if i could redo that episode i would add one more actually And, uh, I don't know what to call it, but uh, maybe something like smiley count. (laughs) And the idea here is, and you know this since you're a training peaks user, that you can rate your workouts on uh, the question, how strong did I feel in this workout with, with a smiley face, uh, with an emoticon. And, and if you felt really strong, you have a very, very happy smiley face. And then if you felt strong, you have a happy smiley face. Then you have a neutral face. If you felt just normal, a good day uh, at the office, but nothing special. Then you have a, a slightly frowning face and, and a very sad face if you felt weak or weaker than expected, or very, very weak or much, much weaker than expected. And I think this is important because I think one of the most, yeah, what one, I mean, you should expect that most of your workouts should be neutral. That is good. That is a good result. And, uh, and then some will fall in the happier or more frowning phase uh, part of the spectrum. But I think that you should typically be on average at least neutral, because if your average falls on that frowning side, then that's that's a warning sign that something is not quite right. Maybe you're going too hard in your easy workouts. Maybe you're not sleeping well. It might be something with the recovery. Maybe, I don't know, maybe you have too much stress at work, something like that. But, but I think that that's something that is quite important to look at. And you don't even need to actually calculate this, but you will get a feel for it if you actually rate yourself after each workout. And uh, and if you can manage to have a significantly higher amount of uh, smiley faces on that very happy side of things compared to the frowning side, then things are typically going really well. And uh, that is a, a good feeling to have when you workout after workout can actually feel that, hey, I felt strong in this workout and, and not just i felt all right i felt normal but you actually felt strong like really strong that is a good feeling and that is a feeling and that is something that can be a very strong indicator of you improving next question are there typical areas that a self-coach athlete might adjust or tweak in their generic training plan based on what they're seeing in their data as they execute the prescribed workouts in the prescribed power or pace zones so yeah there's a lot some more major some minor the most obvious ones and most important ones are related to not getting injured, overtrained or sick. So for example, if you have a history of running injuries and you know that running on two consecutive days is a risk, then replace that second run with a swim or a bike. That is a sensible change to make to your generic plan. Another one is to add tune-up races. Generic plans for obvious reasons have one end race in them typically and no tune-up races. Because people have different dates for when they might do tuna praises. that doesn't mean that it isn't a great idea to add a tuna praise. So I definitely recommend doing that, and adjusting the plan accordingly. And uh, but in terms of your question, which is adjusting based on what you see in the data, uh, first of all, don't overthink things. Uh, I I don't think that that's if if things are going well, like you your compliance is good. And, and that smiley face test that I just talked about is going well, and your keyword performances are improving, and uh, your tests are going well, then keep doing what you're doing. If you are not improving, and again, look to those metrics that we talked about to to determine whether you are or not, then you should, of course, try to assess why you're not improving. Uh, it. That doesn't mean, I don't want to say that you should with 100% certainty improve from one FTP test to the next, because you might be just a bit fatigued or have a bad day. So you need to take a more holistic approach to determine whether you're improving and include also things like your workout performances, how strong you felt in the workouts, etc. All of those things we just talked about in assessing whether or not you're improving. It's not just based on the one FTP test to the next kind of result. But if you still come to the comp- conclusion that you aren't improving as you should, then here's a troubleshooting checklist. First, compliance. So are you doing your workouts? First of all, getting them done, getting them checked off. And Remember, at least 85% or you're not following the plan. But also, are you executing them correctly? Not doing the easy stuff too hard, not slacking on the hard stuff. Uh, check the compliance uh, and Again, so going a bit deeper, uh, checklist item number two is going too hard on easy days. That's so, so common. And and it can be such an easy fix if you just have the courage to go a bit easier when you're supposed to. Then the third, I also mentioned not going hard enough on hard days. So be honest with yourself, put in those honest efforts, keep your RPE as high as it was at the start of the plan. It never gets easier, you just get faster. As I think Greg LeMond said or some other cyclist like that, uh, next checklist item is critical volume. So it may be that you are on a plan that doesn't have enough training volume for you overall or in a specific discipline for you to make improvements. Because there, at some point, depending on how fast you are, there is a critical volume for improvement. So the solution there might be to add endurance workouts. It, you don't need to add hard workouts, just endurance workouts in that discipline. And the next and final checklist item that I have here is excessive fatigue or an imbalance in your training or, and recovery status. So if you, if you think that this might be the case, then you might need to, uh, to dial it down for, for a few days and maybe reduce, just remove all the intensity for a while and, and even reduce volume a bit. One sign of excessive fatigue is that your, your muscles feel a bit like rubber and you can't really produce any power no matter how hard you try. You can't get your heart rate up So, so that's uh, a way to identify it. Okay. Moving on with the questions. (laughs) Still more questions to come here. Uh, So, uh, this uh, is about details and options for FTP or critical power testing for bike and run. Uh, So, Roger writes, you mentioned for bike and for the biking and running, you like the critical power testing uh, suit from inside software that looks at various lengths of time. but that may be less accessible throughout the training year to self-coach athletes without access to the software. Uh, all right, so comment. Uh, this is from in episode 169, FTP, VO2 Max and VLA Max. What athletes need to know with Sebastian Weber? we talk about what you can learn with the inside software. And yes, it is not accessible directly to athletes. It is accessible to coaches. So you need to do the testing for a coach that offers that service. I do it. I'll link to it in the episode description or you can just go directly to scientifictriathlon.com. And in the menu bar, there is a a tab called inside testing. So click that and you can learn more. So, So it is accessible to you because you can do it from your own home. You don't need to go to a lab. Uh, to do it and you just send in the power file and and then i take it from there and analyze it for you Uh, but uh, to go back to the question can you verify accessible options or procedures for self-coach athletes on critical power testing for example do you like sufferfest's 40p testing with five seconds one minute five minutes and 20 minute powers All right so as I said I do inside testing remotely and uh, or I offer that testing service I do that testing myself of course on myself as well Uh, and that is definitely my preference because I don't know any other test that uh, that gives you knowledge of VLA max at least not with the same accuracy so your lactate building rate which is really really important when it comes to getting the full picture of your metabolic profile which then gives you information on how to train to to improve Uh, because depending on what your vo2 max and your vla max is you might have very different approaches to training Uh, so so that's definitely my number one Uh, the number two option for me would be lab testing with uh, vo2 and lactate so a typical ramp test and number three would be a uh, lab or field testing with lactate again a typical ramp test and uh, number 4 would be a 60 minute test 60 minute time trial because that way you actually get more of a true reflection of your functional threshold power compared to a 20 minute test with uh, with some sort of correction factor and uh, actually that's an, a big advantage of the inside testing that you do get a true reflection. It is validated again in scientific papers, of course, uh, but you do get a true reflection because of the way that you are supposed to overpace the 20-minute effort. You start very hard and then you just need to hold on and go as hard as you can, but your power will drop. But at some point it will stabilize and, and based on these sort of dynamics of the testing, you can calculate what the anaerobic threshold is. So it's not just... Your average power for a 20 minute, it's it's a bit more, uh, a bit smarter than that, and and that is why we can keep it to 20 minutes. But compared to just using a correction factor, whether it's 95 percent or 92 percent, I think that a 60 minute test is better, more accurate, if you really want to know what your your anaerobic threshold or your maximum lactate steady state is. And uh, so the fifth in the the order of priorities would be, I guess, something like Sufferfest, where you do a 20-minute test with a correction factor, but you also do those other tests, like a five-second, one-minute, and five-minute test. And the sixth and uh, last option would be the the 20-minute test with a correction factor of 90 to 92% instead of the typical 95% and some of my training plans the more recent ones where i included a training zones calculator they are already using 92% as that correction factor some of my earlier training plans they still use 95% and i do plan to go back and correct those because i don't think that 95% is a good correction factor it over, overestimates your functional threshold power uh, quite severely in many cases so uh, so that is uh, on the cards to update those in in the future Uh, But yeah, so I guess the the worst option would be to do the 20 minute test with the 95% and rather than the 90 to 92% that I just mentioned that I recommended. So uh, the final question here is, is there a comparable test sequence as the inside testing for running with pace or power? Uh, no, not a remote protocol the way that there is for cycling. There is a lactate test version where you get the exact same information, including VLA max for running, uh, so and as well as VO2 max, of course. which uh, And getting both of those two, that's the number one thing that makes inside, in my opinion, the best testing methodology, uh, because you don't really get the two of them from any other protocol. But uh, you do have to go to the lab for that in terms of running. Uh, because you do need to take lactate samples. So, uh, it's definitely worth doing. And, but you can't do it remotely. You need to seek out a, a local lab that, that also uses inside software to do that testing. All right. That wraps it up for today. And uh, thank you, as always, for the questions. A link in the episode description to Beginner Tip 29, which was the one on the metrics that you should be tracking. Uh, the interview with Sebastian Weber to learn more about FTP, v 2 Max, and VLA Max. And to the page with more information on my inside testing service. So you can go and check that out if you're interested. Big thanks to today's sponsor, Precision Hydration Check them out on PrecisionHydration.com, take their free online sweat test and use the promo code that triathlon show, all one word, all caps, to get your first box for free. And big thanks to Roka as well for sponsoring the podcast. You can find them on roca.com, that's R-O-K-A dot com, and you can get 20% off your entire order, whether you're into wetsuits, trisuits, swimskins, goggles, or high-performance eyewear with the promo code TTS, all caps.